Hi, I'm North. And I'm Steve. And we're the, the Data, Data Collectors. Collectors. It's the Alchemist series, part four, pages 90 to 132. Almost done. Almost done. One more, one more episode. You already know I like the Alchemist, so. So let's get it. They're on their way to the Oasis, which is in Egypt, which is where Santiago has to go anyway. And the Oasis is a real turning point in the story. You know, we, we already have Santiago and the Englishman looking for the alchemist. And now they, we see that the alchemist is looking for a student. Right, he has this, he has like this sixth sense. He knows that the person he's looking for should be arriving on that caravan that day. That's why he's in the crowd waiting at the end of our last chapter. Right. Everybody so far is following the omens. They're following their personal legend, the characters that we have, Santiago, the Englishman, and the alchemist. So one thing I noticed too about this part of the book, the author changed the point of view. Like he wasn't writing when he, when he got to this section, he wasn't writing in first person or he was writing in third person. Right, he started describing everybody instead of talking in the sense that he's looking from the eyes of one of these characters. What they're saying, he's just giving the whole layout of everything now. Yeah, bird's eye. Like an overseer. Yeah, so let's get into how they arrive at this oasis, this refuge, and see how the story plays out. All right, so the first bit, when they get there, um, Santiago, he notices just the, the whole change of scenery from where he's been from pretty much up until this point in his life. Like he's in a, a place where he's never been before. Everything is new. He sees palm trees, mm-hmm. dates, you know, this say he saw like thousands of wells. Mm-hmm. It probably was a thousand, but it, it probably looked like that to him. Thousands too. of what? Wells, like um, water wells. That, oh, oh, okay. Right, because they, they would get go to the well, because that's how it was in those areas. They would go to the well, put the bucket down and get the water mm-hmm. for the house. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's that whole scene, everything was just different. And he just crossed through all this desert terrain and think just like this sort of almost utopia-like area in all this desert and, and nothingness, this life out here. Well, nothing is everything. The first thing though they did, as soon as they get there, is the, the military and people in that area, they have all of them confiscate, confiscate their weapons because they're in an area where it's, just, it's all neutral, mm-hmm. pretty much. So they want nobody having weapons, and the, they don't want nothing like of the sorts of happen. So everybody gotta give away their weapons. And the Englishman, <laughs> he was strapped. Mm-hmm. He had a revolver on him. Mm-hmm. And Santiago mm-hmm. looked at him like, like, oh, he didn't even know. And his response, the Englishman's response was, it helped me to trust more people. So yeah. I mean, you could take that however you want. <laughs> I guess maybe him, he felt more secure. So imagine somebody trying trying to take something from you and you're weaponless or they try to take something from you and you have a gun in your hand. They'll probably be a little more trustworthy now. Like, okay, I'm not going to mess with you. Yeah, it's kind of like what I was saying to you last night. Like, in regards to weapons, like if everybody had a gun on their head, would, you know, would we still be seeing as much killing as we do? Like, if it was an equal playing field? Like, I feel like when they got to, the, I know this is kind of two different things, but when they got to the Oasis, it's a level playing field is what I'm trying to say. I'm just saying, like, if we just leveled the playing field, like, in general, like, either we not, either we all strapped or we're not all strapped. Well, see, the thing is, it was neutral, so nobody was strapped once they reached the oasis. Right, right. And if you want to talk about how things going in this world, I mean, 
you don't really know nowadays who has a gun who doesn't. A lot of people, even older people, have guns in their house. We're all allowed to have a personal weapon for the house. Yeah. And I ain't trying to go off on a tangent, but yes, the Englishman was strapped. <laughs> yeah, but um, what I see about the situation is Santiago is definitely getting closer to his dream. Like he's now actually in Egypt. Yeah, the kicker is though, he can feel it. He he senses that that beginner's luck starting to fade away because it's like now he's being tested mm-hmm. more consistently. Like more and more, he's just he has to go through these these adversities. Right. Yeah, beginner's luck don't last too long. You can't be a beginner forever, right? Right. You gotta get experience at some point. And I guess difficulties is necessary. Like we feel the we see difficulties in our life by just trying to make ends meet. You know, just trying to maintain balance and difficulties. All it really does is what I'm looking now in hindsight, because you know, when you have faced a difficulty, you don't think like this, but in hindsight, I see now that difficulties really just test your courage. Courage, <laughs> you know, it makes you more persistent. And when we're being more courageous and more persistent, we can't be as hasty or as impulsive or even as impatient as we once were. And I think that's what challenges do. They shape us and they get rid of our like debilitating or weak traits and, str- and strengthen our um, dignified traits. So yeah, Santiago understands this. He knows like now he's at a point where you know all those uh, intangibles, that luck he was having is gone. Now he has to be more understanding. He has to be calmer. He has to really focus in and understand where he's at because if he does move too hastily or too impulsively, he could he could miss a omen or even he could misread a omen. Mm. So that that right there is, is real key. Well, I do say this, Santiago has an advantage. Since he is this stranger in a strange land, he's not, everything is new to him. So he, he he's forced to pay attention. Not only does he pay attention because he knows he's running out of his luck, but he's in a whole brand new place. You know what I mean? You have to pay attention to your surroundings, like how he did on the caravan, the camels and the wind and the driver. I think everything up to this point. He's always been paying attention. He's not like the type of person, because typically they say, based like from the book, you can see that people who are in this habit, who become in this familiar, you know, way of life, they don't see the signs. It's kind of like, if you don't use it, you lose it. And like the signs, they just lose their ability to see the signs. And Santiago, he never loses that ability because every day is like new for him. He stays, you know, focused on what he wants to do despite having to do, despite the stepping stones. I feel like the experience he's gained up to this point is letting that, because his mistakes has, has helped fortify what he knows now. From first stepping into Africa and trusting a stranger and getting robbed, you know, and going to the crystal merchant, learning a new, learning something new, being innovative and helping to build up a business, mm-hmm. gaining new crafts, mm-hmm. you know, all this stuff, all this knowledge he's gained is just fortified what he originally had, but now he, and he's also got new skills now. Right. He, besides, you know, looking like an Arab, he actually, you know, could speak in Arabic. He could blend in. He, yeah. could, he could be more than one person now. Cosmopolitan. Cos, what do they call that? Cosmopolitan. Somebody who's a versus. ice cream. Or metropolitan. It's a metropolitan, somebody who's like well versed in different cultures, can go to any city 
fit in. Come on, you know where I was going. All right, back to, the, back to the plot. <laughs> so after they arrive at the Oasis, Santiago and the Englishmen are looking for the alchemist. Let's talk the about alchemist. Yeah, the alchemist. Let's talk about them looking for the alchemist and what the alchemist is looking for. You can start it off. All right, well, I'll say this. Uh, one thing that we see that the author does is talk about the all the alchemist's ability to speak the language of the world mm-hmm. and we start to realize that the language of the world this universal language is love you know what i mean the universal yeah. language is love and here go some just descriptive things that i can say if when i combined it all together just with a book might says about universal love this universal language it's okay. ancient it don't need any explanation and on top of that, it gives you the ability to find your treasure, you know? Yeah. You find a treasure, be in a moment, and okay, here's my favorite one. I was trying to hold off on saying this. But well, let's say. hold off, because I got something to say too. All right, go ahead. So, I guess it, they know him, excuse me, they know him as the alchemist, mm-hmm. but so they're going around searching. It kind of made it difficult at first because these people like the alchemist. He's not the only one of his kind, but he mm-hmm. is to be known as the greatest. Oh, so the alchemist is like a, a skill, not right. It's yeah. not actually a label. Okay, okay, you know, alchemy is what they practice, but I guess at this time it's not what they're labeled as. So it's like, it's, it's anybody know the alchemist, and nobody can help them because they like nobody knows what this word is. Like he don't exist because in their eyes, these people are known as witch doctors mm. uh they, they spoke to somebody and i'm trying to remember exactly what was what was said oh because uh the person they spoke to was someone of extreme faith and he says they, they reference allah you know mm-hmm. allah allah does these, these things if you're looking for someone a person to do these things that you're looking for you're looking for a witch doctor oh yeah because the alchemist can heal Right, and he's okay, like, well, the, only, yes. the only person, I, the only entity that I know that heals is a lie. So, right, get a, get away from me with that witch talk. But, and that's the perception of these people, you know, and, and that's, that's evil. And see, this is what this is where I get in life, like in my real life, like just because I think you know, it's people out here in the world that's really become the alchemists that took the power into their own hands, that knew that knows how to control things that people think is so far beyond, and people that really know how to tap in. So. Mm-hmm. I think becoming an alchemist just like on a on a real personal level is a draw. Can I say that? Can I say it's a draw? You said it. It's a draw. <laughs> Become an alchemist on a real level. You know, really do that inner transformation, you know. And which means wise anyway. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. be that wizard, be that wise person, be able to heal yourself. You know, don't be afraid. But anyway, back to the story. What was it that you wanted to say that you felt like was really important? You wanted to hold off on? Is it still that time? I could ask something else in if you're not ready. Um, let me, let me. Uh, I guess we can talk about it because we like, already we already introduced that the Oasis is a refuge, and we talked last yeah. chapter about um how it's a war going on. So, see, the thing about the Alchemist, though, despite it being a war going on, because he's able to speak this universal language of love, he can speak to both sides of people in the war or both sides of good and evil. It's like love allows you to maintain balance in this 
dualistic world of good and evil. And I think when you speak love, you can be able to see the good, see the evil, and make that choice. I guess at the end of the day, you'll see that neither one really exists. Right, it's all one. It's all love at the end of the day because sometimes you need to destroy to rebuild. You know what I mean? Just because you do, you knock down a building, that's not a bad thing. You knock down a building, you build a whole you know new complex where people can commerce and live. You it's know? like it's like Thanos in the in the in Marvel book. I don't think you've seen that, but people who've seen it. Thanos is the one with the uh, the, the hammer. No, the, okay, hold on. That's Thor. That's Thor. That's Thor. Thanos, I don't think you've seen that. Thanos was an intergalactic being who decided to that he needed to destroy life to preserve it. Mm, see, that's deep right there. And and that's what I think the alchemist understands. It's like that, like you said, good and evil is both one thing. And mm -hmm. one is not necessarily greater than the other. And what the author so eloquently said about this good and evil, or even war in a sense, is that wars happen because it's not about good and evil it's about balance at the end of the day and, and i think that's all that's happening even in the world like we see like who's to say who's right it's people that look one way and it's people that can look another way and they both are capable of the same actions you know what i'm saying so yeah. it's not about good and evil. it's about balancing yeah, yeah. I, I think once you have love you can understand and see both sides so uh, I kind of was just rambling a little bit. It's but okay. You, touched, you made some you, good you points. You feel me, right? You feel yeah. me? You feel me? I feel you. Okay. You know, and on their travel, on their search for the, the alchemist, they they finally come along. Oh, a good note mm -hmm. in this area. Uh, Santiago, he he tried to ask a woman, and she couldn't give him the answer, but she did give him a, a hint on something Asked about the area. what? Uh, about the alchemist. Okay. She answered him, but... She had to let him know that you do not speak to women in this area who wear black because they are they are women that are married. Right. And I guess in that custom you can be you can be in some serious trouble if you talk to a married woman. Yeah. Are, yeah. Yeah, they, it's not like that in America, but right. back where they was in Egypt, yeah, you, yeah, Arabs. So yeah, not after that, you know, they're, they're still looking and Santiago, they Santiago and the Englishmen, they find another woman walking around. I guess she's going to the well to get some water. Mm -hmm. And he's gonna be like, go, go talk to her, go ask her. And just as he's about to ask her, you know, she looks at him, you know, she gets a smile. And then from there on, he's like, he's love struck. Well, and and it, no words even came out. Well, well, I think he asked her a question, but she didn't say nothing yet. She just looked at him and smiled. Oh, he was trying to ask her about the outward alchemist, where they could find the alchemist? Yes, but as soon as she looked at him, he was like, Santiago got love at first sight. Well, what do you think you would feel? You see it like you see me, and I smile back at you. Yeah, you feel that love. You know, and that's why you're still here. <laughs> yeah. So, and sm a smile is a universal sign too. It's something that doesn't need words. Right. You know, so a smile. But there's different kinds of smiles. It's not just a smile, she but smiles. it's the look. Just the look and the smile. She smiled with her eyes. Smiled. She smiled. She smiled at him. And after he met Fatima, his whole his whole life changed. Um, Fatima actually did give him information where the alchemist was, right? Right. They did. She did point in the direction where they could find him. You know, when he but I'll just say this: when he met Fatima, he he was ready to throw away all his legends, all his dreams. Wow. Like, <laughs> so so he so, was like, you know, I don't even care no more. That's that's this is the point where he was starting to get to. But we'll continue on. She you know, does point him in the direction. She does tell him where the alchemist is, but. Fatima, she kind of 
make Santiago not even want to go follow his dream because they're they're like at the oasis for a month now. Not, well, let's let's not let's not get ahead of ourselves too just yet. Okay, you're right. Um, because let's say this: she points in the direction where the alchemist is, uh-huh. and he continues to talk to her for a bit, but the Englishman heads off. They'll go search for the alchemist. Oh, he gets info to the Englishman. They don't really disclose this until he gets back, but he does find the alchemist. And when Santiago finally uh, meets back up with him because he doesn't know where he's at, mm-hmm. he he tells him, I found the alchemist. But he doesn't look happy. He's kind of disappointed, mm-hmm. you know, because all the alchemist told him was like something he already knew. Right. You know, he, he told him, like, go do it. Right, right. So, right. all right, let me just make that a little, let me just sum that up. So they meet Fatima at the well. They ask her where the alchemist was, you know, her and Santiago have a connection. The Englishman goes, pursues the alchemist, and he tells him, you know, how much he want to be an alchemist. Yeah. <laughs> and then the alchemist says, we didn't do it then. And remember, the alchemist is transforming lead to gold. So he's like literally telling him to go, you know, transform that lead to gold. The uh, masterwork, that's what yeah, it's called. Yeah, yeah, He's like, oh, well, well, you say you want to be an alchemist and you know about this masterwork, then do it. And the Englishman is so funny because he never tried to turn lead to gold this whole time. Like he knows about it, he never tried it. And that's where we go back to our last chapter saying reassur- uh, reassurance comes at a price. Yeah. He spent all this time just trying to reassure himself. He already knew it, yeah. but he just needed more and more information. He's like, and eventually the price that he had to pay was time because he knows like, dang, I could have been doing this 10 years ago. You know, he let he let fear hold him back and whatever else it might've been, you know, just, he wasn't confident. That's kind of a, a, a weird way to self-sabotage yourself, to know what you want to do, to study it, Mm-hmm. You know, invest all this time in it, but not actually do it. That's so, that's such a weird way of self-sabotaging. Because it's like you, you staying busy in it, but you're not like, it's like you in it, but you're not in it. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so let's also talk about the fact they've been at the Oasis for a month. Okay. We know the Englishman found it, but let's, let's, I just want to just mention this. They've been at the Oasis for a month. It's a war going on. So Santiago's been at, okay. And remember, Santiago always had these little intermissions. Like he goes follows his dream, following his dream. He gets robbed, crystal merchant for like a year. Now he's at the Oasis for a month, and he's kind of like starting to feel like, you know, I just want to, I want to chill with Fatima. You know what I mean? And the, the actual definition of Fatima is, well, she actually told him that Fatima is just a name that's given to different women in there. And that's actually Prophet's daughter. Oh, she's not, her name is not really Fatima. Her true name is not really Fatima. Oh. Yeah, but that is a name that's given to women of the desert. Well, you know what? I think all these characters, like, well, Santiago, he's really like a shepherd, you know, a shepherd boy, mm-hmm. the king, you know, Fatima, Prophet's daughter, kind of the Englishman, the alchemist. Yeah, it's just all labels. And I think it's kind of cool how the author did that because it makes it easiest for, to, for us to identify. We could all yes. at some points be Fatima or the alchemist, the Englishman or the shepherd boy. Just who do you identify with? And sometimes we can, they can change wherever, depending on where we at in life. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Santiago starts uh, saying, I want to stay with Fatima. And Fatima t- gives him this like long monologue about, you know, why he need to. Well, he, he's been putting in work. You know, he, he's been coming to the same well every day 
that, that she goes to get water from. He comes, he he waits for like every day. He was doing that for like what weeks, yeah. month. Well, he said, yeah, he, he's feeling her, and, and it's funny because he forgot about that uh, merchant's daughter now. Right, <laughs> he's right. with the problem. He's trying to go with the drop problem. He's irrelevant now. But but what what um we see though that Fatima does because this is what I think is so so popping about real love about somebody that is really digging you. Because Santiago starts to tell her like you know I'm gonna stay with you. Yeah. Too. Like it's a war going on. I don't know if I'm ever gonna get to the pyramids. But I tell my lesson now, like, look, I met you. I am a part of your personal legend. I'm a part of your dream. Like you, I'm we're always gonna be connected. You know, and she kind of like says that to him, and it's like, if you don't follow your dream, it's it's almost like if you don't well, hold on. Let me get it, let me let me let me say this a little different. Can I kind of help you out a little bit? Go ahead. I feel like she said, um, she's a woman of the desert. Mm-hmm. And desert women are proud of their tribesmen. And tribesmen are people who are God or men who follow their dreams. Mm-hmm. So that all that is in conjunction with each other. You know, you're a tribesman. Follow your dreams. And I'm a woman in the desert. And I and I am proud of my tribesmen, which means. She wants you to follow your dream. She'll be proud of you for doing that. She doesn't hold that against you. Right. She's understanding. I think we should have more just like people uh, or just people that love you won't try to hold you back. Like say for instance, you're going out for an opportunity and you're like, dang, I'm never going to see you again. And you and you might put them on a guilt trip mm-hmm. for leaving. Kind of like how we seen our star, Starship Troopers last night or yeah. today. And you remember when Rico, he wanted to be with Carmen and Carmen's like. That's on Netflix right now too for anybody that doesn't know. <laughs> yeah, just getting some promo. Megan, that's good. Um, you know, Rico wants to be with Carmen, and Carmen's like, I want to be a pilot. Like, I'll catch you later. And it, it hurt. It hurt both parties, but like, you got to follow your dream. And what ended up happening anyway? Yeah. They met again. Right. You know, so if it it's. Was fate. Yeah, so if it's yours, let it go. If it comes back, it was meant to be. That's how you know. What? Well, that's that Mariah Carey. Wait, what it's you a mean? butterfly. Oh, it's a butterfly effect. It's a butterfly. Yeah. So, so essentially, we all are a part of each other's dreams, and uh, you know, if we're a part of each other's dreams, then we will all we should always encourage one another to follow it because we're a part of it. So, not fulfilling his dream is kind of like letting Fatima down, right? Yeah. Let's let's transition to another part. Let's let's talk about well, how after the conversation with Fatima. Yeah. So I guess what well, he now he uh he takes a little stroll outside the camp and he's just I guess he's just trying to fill out everything. You know, everything that's that's conspiring. Right, because Fatima not gonna let him just stay there so now he's like, dang, what's going on? Yeah, so he's he's just out in the desert minding his business and then he gets this what well, he feels was a sensation, a omen, a sign. He's looking in the sky. He see, he see two hawks fighting each other, and he just, I guess, to people who live out there naturally, it's something that's they're accustomed to seeing. Oh, it was know? just two hawks flying, fighting. It's right. all right. But to him, he felt like it was something different. You know, he felt like this was actually an omen. He has got this feeling of of war and of an army coming. You know, and this is a neutral area, so it's like that would be that's uncommon. Right, because first of all, it's not supposed to be no uh, war in that neutral area. Right. And what I liked about Santiago is he felt this feeling in his gut. He got this gut feeling, that intuition that we talked about last time. And mm-hmm. he, and basically plummeted 
into the soul of the world. Now, what makes Santiago so susceptible to having intuition and seeing omens is because he's following his dream. He's doing what he's supposed to be doing. He's like at the right place at the right time, despite what might be happening. Like you might say, well, that's fate, isn't it? You know, I got a, I got a love hate relationship with that word because fate kind of <laughs> makes me think like somebody else is taking a will. Right. And I'm like, unless you you believe that you're the one controlling your fate. Oh, so you're controlling your fate. So if you got there, you did it. So you can say fate. Yeah, you. He took himself there, but it was up to him to see the sign that he was meant to see. Right, because he could have dismissed it. He didn't dismiss it though. Yeah. Yeah. So he's seen two hawks, and he was like, "It's a war." And he told the people in at the oasis, the people that was the head. Before he, before he even got there, though, he he just needed a little bit of reassurance. This is actually a good time for reassurance because he's truly unsure about it. It's, this is not something he knew, so he talked to the driver about it first. Mm-hmm. And the driver actually gave him a little story of it uh, about his experience with uh, these people called Sears. Oh, because essentially you could say what Santiago had was like a vision or mm-hmm. a premonition, right? Okay, so that's why. Okay. It pretty much ended up with the driver saying what he learned was that God shows the future only way it can be altered. Mm. So basically, it was like he saw something that could possibly happen, but it was only showed to him because there's a chance that he can change it from happening mm. the way the way it's the way it's so called meant to happen. Mm, that's deep, right that's, there. and that's kind of what we just talk about changing your fate. Take it into your own hands. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So we see now that omens aren't of this world. It's kind of, well, it's not like of our plane. It's like something higher tapping in. I guess, you know, when when I think about, you know, God and, and fate, and I just really think that Santiago, he's able to have this intuition and, this master be master of his own fate because he just makes himself so susceptible and being so persistent in something that he he just just genuinely wants to do you know so i just think overall the characteristics that santiago tiago possess and we observe them then we can see us having you know more visions or having more intuition like just making this a more practical application like it's not just a story like we can actually do these things in our waking life but you know you know how i feel about god you know i definitely think feel like god is like the ultimate potential is everything that could possibly happen it's energy and matter it's everything in between and outside right so if if, if god can be anything all these potentials yes he's seen this potential reality and he and he was like hold on i can do something about that mm-hmm. and, and he can fulfill another potential in this infinite so yeah that's that's how i sum that up that little um part right there and as soon as he um right after he, he spoke to the driver the driver said yeah you should probably say something you know because it was really bugging santiago he truly believed in what he saw and he went to the main camp in the center of uh the main tent in the center of the camp mm-hmm. and this house uh the people called chieftains which are in charge which are in charge of everything. Mm-hmm. So he spoke to somebody and they had him waiting a long time. Like, I think they had him waiting for like an hour or two. Mm-hmm. You know, he was out there for a while. So he really wanted to say this. I guess that was a way for them just to decipher what this person's saying they really want to say to us. Because he was patient. Right. And he finally got his chance to get into the tent and 
there's eight of them. There's eight main players in this tent. Mm. And he tells them what he saw, what we just spoke about. And then they start conversing amongst each other in a language that he doesn't even understand. You know, I guess these people are pretty, either they're speaking an older version of Arabic or a different language, mm-hmm. but he don't know what they're saying. He's just trying to read the body language. He's trying to feel the vibe and see what's going on. As he should. Yeah, that's that's kind of the universal language. Right, he's paying attention. Yeah, and eventually, the one guy that was quiet, the main, I guess he's the boss of all of them. Of course, the boss is always moving silence. Yeah, there's this older fella in the middle, he's in the middle, so I guess that means something. He finally opens his mouth and he speaks about everything that was said. Balance. Yes. <laughs> and leadership. And he, and he speaks to Santiago. Balance is leadership. Go ahead. Okay. I guess I can't just make me say, think of that. Balance is leadership. Okay. Because he's in the middle. Right. Yeah. And if you think about it, in a lot of conference rooms or just meeting boards. Side of the table, side of the table, head. Right, somebody's in the middle, and that's the main individual that oversees everything. Balance is leadership. It's always two sides. And this is things, it's like Santiago, like you, you see this, mm. you know it, but you don't really understand it in that perspective, right? Right. Wow, that's deep. That's real deep. Hey guys, Data Collectors here. Just breaking away from the scheduled show to talk about podcasting with Anchor. Do you have something to say? Do you want to express yourself? Do you feel your perspective or experience is valuable? Or would you like to get paid to share your voice? Then you should download the free app Anchor, A-N-C-H-O-R, from any device. Or just visit the anchor.fn website to get started. The website is user-friendly and you can edit and even upload from your device. Plus... Anchor is integrated with your favorite social media platform. So it's easy as one, two, three to share your podcast because Anchor does it for you. Everything you need is in one place. Don't just take our word for it. Download your free app today. And subscribe to our show once you get started. All right, now. Let's get back to the show. Yeah, babe, I, I believe that balance is leadership. That, we just made a quote right there. All right. Balance is leadership. Quote the data collectors, end quote. For <laughs> <laughs> real. So, yeah, he talks to them, and, uh, well, they don't get the name, but let's just say the head chieftain mm-hmm. talks to Santiago, and he explains to him the rules of the camp. You know, and the rules are, there's a reason why when they first got there, that everybody gave their arms up to the up to the militants because they live in an area where nobody carries arms. And he said, if we go with what you're saying, because we're in a neutral zone and right. nobody's opposed to attack. And it's against tradition to do that. Right. So if we do that and we bear arms tomorrow, maybe the next day these guns may not work. Because these guns are meant to to only be allocated once we're about to use them so if they were to carry around their guns all day and not use them now it's gonna be a waste of our gun we, well i mean that work i think what he really was saying was that if you make us carry our guns we're going to end up using it on you like but if see that that's the penalty because right. that is the cause of using the guns you know so he's, he's letting him know like this is really important you know so if 
what you're saying doesn't come true and we have to waste our guns off of this premonition that does not so much i don't think waste our guns but break our tradition and bear arms because you say it's a threat but it's not really a threat you know what i mean i think he's trying to like say like if you he's kind of like well it's not he's kind of it's, he's he's letting you know it's not a threat but he's because this is a fact because they know that if they do that, I guess because in the sand, it could probably mess up the um, the gauge. Oh, you're thinking about it like that? Well, I don't know what the reason may be because they don't go deep into it. I think it's because it's a, it's a refuge. Like, they don't want nobody to be armed. But it's a, it's I'm, just, to be safe. I'm just quoting what the, what the head chieftain said. He said that if they weren't using, had their guns and walking around all day, they may not fire the next day. That's what he's telling me. They have a chance to have these guns uh, like be damaged from just carrying them well, you and know not what? using them. I never thought about damage being the reason why. And you're making me want to look back because I really was thinking that he was saying like, look, if you make us pull these weapons out and we don't use them on our enemies, we're going to use them on you. Not, they're not going to work. But you know what? That's and, something to consider. Well, you're, I think both our perspectives. Yeah, I'm not saying you're wrong. Are, we're, we're right so it's a comp yeah, it's a All compilation right. of what I'm saying and what you're saying. Be honest, baby. Yes. <laughs> and so, you know, I mean, do you have a reward, but you also have a penalty if mm. if it doesn't come true. So your reward is he gets a he gets commissioned for any so many number of enemies that are dropped if they do come and try to ambush us. But if no enemies come, you're going to get dropped. So I got a question. We see Santiago, he interpreted the Hawks as danger coming, warned the people at the Oasis. And you know, he basically got a penalty and a reward. I wanna know, like, do you, and, and I'm just asking, do you think when we start to speak that universal language of love, do you think once we get immersed in the soul of the world, it's pricey? Do you think we have to always like pay this price for our life? Because we think we're doing something good, like we're following our purpose, we're following our dream, we're paying attention to the omens, but it's still that, it's always still this possibility of like death or you got to pay this price with time, whatever. You always got to pay a price for like. I think it, it's accustomed to the terrain. Like in the beginning, like I said, he has to understand and respect the terrain he's living in because this is a new area. You know, it's not the same. Depending on where he was at, the, the price may not have been as detrimental. But, you know, I think in this sense, because his premonition will save lives. Mm -hmm. So I guess already the omen is, is about life. It's about life and death. The omen that, he's, that he saw was resulting of life and death. You know, the, the, pers the perseverance of life. Oh, so whatever your omen is concerning. The price might be, the price is probably equal to that. Oh, so, hmm. So, like, if I see an omen about... uh us having a baby right so that's i guess omen could be bad too i guess or omen about us losing a baby or whatever whatever i don't know let's do something a little less detrimental let's, okay. Like, okay how about this the omen of money so, okay. right, of finding money that okay. means you could possibly go broke okay so that's that's what the the risk is always like the opposite of your own kind of. This is just an opinion. That's why I'm, I'm I'm listening to the opinion because I'm I'm thinking similar and I'm just listening to how you put it in the words because right because you, you brought up a point and I'm thinking about what you're saying. Mm -hmm. If that is true, then that's a possibility. You know, it's probably like you said because if we're talking about balance, right? Right. Life, the balance of life is death. You know, it's right. extreme, but that's what it is. Rich and broke, 
That's happy extreme too. And sad. Right. You know? Yeah. I do have another question too, because um, Santiago, the only way he was able to see the Hawks is because he can speak. He can, he, I don't know if he mastered it like the alchemist, but he, he dead was with speaking a universal language and getting immersed in the soul of the world. Yeah. I like using all the words to say that. So, anywho, do you think anyone can learn a universal language? Do you think anyone can speak it? I feel like we talked about this in the last one. I'm not sure. No, we did. I think we did talk about it. Either that we talked about it on this or we talked about it to each other. Yeah, I think we had a personal conversation. That was a personal? Yeah. Well, because I feel like we talked about that also. Okay. Okay. That's what it was. Yeah. So, actually, no, not everybody can. And, hmm, how should I put this? Sadly, I believe that we're not all the same. We all deserve equal equal rights of being treated. We all deserve to be treated equal, but in the sense we're not all the same. We don't all have the same abilities and our ceiling is not all the same. Some people have a higher a higher ceiling or higher capacity to obtain and learn and to achieve things. Mm. And that's kind of, it's kind of innate. You know, it's, it's from your upbringing and it's yourself as well. But some people just don't have they don't have it. They don't have it. They don't they, have it. They have the ability to obtain it, but some, I guess in a sense, it's just, uh, it's them holding themselves back and not everybody gets that help to see that they are their own, their own fault, their own, uh, their own reason for downfall. Yeah. Their own downfall, like in their own way. Yeah. Cause I guess in a way, both the alchemists and Santiago get a little nudge when they realize, like they get told like you're being in your own way, like keep going. And I don't think Machelzadek or whatever form he may take, I don't think he reaches everybody. Mm. You know, and maybe some people he does reach. Maybe they, they flag him off like Santiago could have. Instead of learning what he learned as a, at a young age, to always respect your elders, mm-hmm. he could have been that, that kid that didn't learn that and shrugged him off. And that conversation would have never happened. Right. He would have never been encouraged to right. keep moving forward. He would have never went down that, that alternate path. Right. So you know what? I guess I can see where you're saying not everyone can learn the universal language because not everyone is open to it. Like and then we didn't get to this yet, but it's almost like sometimes you could be you could speak it but you can lose it too. Mm. You know what I mean? So yeah. I guess in a way we see that not everyone can speak this love language, which we see every day we see not everyone can speak that love and be able to appeal to both sides and maintain balance even in the, in the midst of two opposite sides so i agree with you right so we'll get back on track a little bit you know after the conversation with the chieftains you know so now we know the results of if his what he saw his omen comes true and we know what's going to happen to him if it doesn't so now he's leaving he left the tent and he's just I guess he's thinking about like back at the baker, you know, should I have even said anything? No, maybe, right, I should, right. maybe I shouldn't have said nothing, you know, but this was probably a time where he, he had to say it. He felt that because Fatima lives there, you know, and say if it's right, if he is true, oh yeah, he wants to protect her. Right. So he has a lot of, a lot of resolve behind what he's doing. Now, oh. as he's walking back, I guess he's still, you know, he's kind of stuck in his thoughts. He's thinking, and all of a sudden, this this wind comes out of nowhere. Like all this wind and sand is like like a typhoon. It just comes out and hits him. And here comes this this max man. 
this uh this masked Arab looking man on a on a horse with a sword. Mm-hmm. Like he's coming, he's coming out of nowhere. Like 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 he's one of the four horsemen. Like like where you come from? He, and he pretty much puts his sword on the head of of Santiago, and he's testing his metal pretty much. He's testing his his resolve. Oh yeah, I remember that part. It's funny because I had to um, just listen to what you were saying for a little bit, but that's. That's kind of like, I guess we might have missed that part before he went to the chieftain. He might have met with the alchemist because this is kind of like where... He never met him. Only the Englishman did. Okay, so this is when... So he said a masked horseman right. came up to him. Put his, he said, who dares to interpret the signs of the bird? So I right. think... Okay, so, so that's he, why. Yeah. yeah, so I don't know if he, is this is before he told the chieftains about... His, this is right after. Okay, so right after... Oh, so we're, we're in good, a good spot. So right after... Um, he told the chieftains about his vision. Somebody approaches him like, "Yo, with a with a blade, like on a horseback." And yeah. he actually he came with a with a with a whole bunch of wind, like he was like one of the avatars. Right, right. He's like, "Yo, so why you <laughs> why you interpret the omens?" Like, because not only did Santiago see it, he says it about it. He's like, "So why are you going around saying stuff about what you see?" And Santiago's and that's, that's strange because like the only person person he told was the driver and the chieftains. So how did this person even know, right? Yeah. When he said, how does he know his word of mouth passed that fast? Oh, I have no, I don't know about that. The part. blade is so hard on Santiago's head that blood is actually, like a drip of blood is, is lining down his face. So it's not digging into his head, but he has a tip piercing the skin, at least. You know, he's he's threatening. He's asking, like you said. Why you why you saying something about what you're seeing? And basically Santiago's like, because, you know. He stands ground. Yeah. You know, and and he, he says what he believes in. Right. He, he lifts a sword. Right. And he says a, a central theme that we see happening throughout the book. What's Everything that? is written by the same hand. Mm. So once yeah. once the the horseman heard him say that, he like, all right, you girl, you courageous. Mm. He lifts a sword off and then he introduces himself. Right. As the alchemist. Right. So now Santiago meets the alchemist. And the alchemist kind of like gives Santiago these little missions. Like once he sees that he he's able to speak the, the universal language like it's like he sees that he's kind of like already not just yet primed to be he does but i'll just say this after they meet he'll say okay after tomorrow if your omen does come true and you're still alive come see me he's like well, i'm gonna find you just come look for me oh yeah yeah yeah. right because it's his omen has to come true first right before he can meet the and the his, next day, his omen does come true. Right, enemies do, do invade, and Santiago is spared. He's not killed. He's, he's given gold, fifty gold pieces, and he becomes a counselor to the whole oasis. Like, so he got money. Mm-hmm. He got um. He got clout. He got a position. He almost look. He got a girl too. He he created a new stepping stone. Right where he it could almost make somebody comfortable. Yes, and you know, and that's the crazy <laughs> part. Like a stepping stone can make you. Depending on how, like, there's just levels to stepping stones mm-hmm, still. Mm-hmm. There's levels to everything. Right. And I guess the closer you get to your personal legend, the greater the stepping stone becomes. And the stepping stone might seem more lucrative, like, your personal legend. Like, it seems like you're ceiling, yeah. you know? And and he already kind of, like, experienced that feeling a little bit when he was working with the merchant. But now he's experienced it again. Like, hold on, I'm good. And the alchemist kind of serves as this, like, figure yeah. to... Yeah, mediator, this figure to kind of like say, keep going to the pyramids, you know, right. keep keep following your treasure. 
And uh, yeah, you always need a force to everything like that whenever you're about to get sidetracked. Right, because so once he meets the Optimus again, it's like he knows that he's looking for uh, the pyramids. The Optimus already knows what he's looking for. Right. He's like, and he can point him in the direction of it. Right. They actually, so they set out. They set out into the desert for, well, how many? Well, because they started hanging together, right? Yeah, well, they, they hang together to set out just to take a, a small trip. Okay, so let me let me um, touch base on that a little bit. So now we see that the, now we see Santiago, he's a counselor. He know how to read omens. Mm -hmm. He already met the alchemist. And he has this moment with um, Fatima because he kind of wants to be with her. He's like, you know, we kind of talked about this earlier. Like he wants to be with her, but she tells him to go follow his dreams. And he's like, you know what? All right, I'm gonna follow my dream. So I think a month or two has passed. And now this is why him and the alchemist start to go on a new journey together. This is like a new venture because he's like, I'm going to the pyramids. I have someone that's gonna take me. And he's kind of like a mentor in a way, so. Yeah, so when they go on that little travel, uh, the, the alchemist, basically, I'm trying to think what it was again. He wants Santiago to find life. Oh, yeah. Out there in the desert. Well, first he had Santiago had to get a horse, which was no problem because Santiago had right, yeah, he was paid. And then he's like, okay, now go out in the desert and find life. Well, he, he's accompanying him as well. Oh, he's yeah. actually, I think he's following the alchemist. Or no, Santi the alchemist is following Santiago, right? Well, he's following the alchemist until about what that the seventh day. I think it's the seventh day once he tells him to find life mm -hmm. where, where they're at, mm -hmm. and that's when he's like, "I don't. How am I supposed to do that?" You know, he's like, he's he actually get kind of. It's probably the first time in a while where he's unsure about himself, mm -hmm. and he's not confident because he's like, "I don't really understand this land. I don't understand the desert." And the alchemist gives him the clue. Life attracts life. Right. That's powerful right there. You, you, whatever you are, you attract. So I think, I feel like he used the, the horse in a sense. Maybe he couldn't sense it, but why can't this animal is of the desert? So if I have an animal mm -hmm. and it lives, it should be able to attract life as well. And see, this is what makes Santiago, the shepherd, the shepherd boy, this is what makes him such a powerful character because He's able to trust, he trusted the instinct of this animal. Like he was able to, again, follow his intuition. Like, because mm -hmm. how did he even think to trust a horse? You know what I mean? So he trusted his sheep. So why not trust the horse? You know what I'm saying? That's a good point. You brought up a good job. I like that. So I think what Santiago is doing is he, he's attracting what he, he is becoming. And like, I think the alchemist is like testing to kind of see who he's dealing with because say santiago didn't attract that life mm -hmm. you know what i mean so the alchemist is like just all right just think about it like in a real way like in our real lives you can kind of see what somebody thinks about themselves or based on what they're going through in life you know you see people and you look at them you're like wow like she really believes in herself look at what she's out here doing right wow he's really consistent and persistent look what he's doing like the it's in the fruits of their labor yeah. so in reference to the text i feel like Santiago was able to accomplish this little, what do you want to call it? What this, the alchemist is doing? The alchemist is giving him little uh, missions. <laughs> he, he, he was able to uh, complete this mission that the alchemist put him on, find life, and he found it. Yeah, and so they had to get off their horsebacks because Santiago's like, all right, I guess he got the sensation. He just knew like, all right, listen, there's life here. 
for the a horse year. stopped. <laughs> okay, the horse stopped. The horse right. came to queue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he doesn't really know where to look. But the alchemist, the alchemist, he's like, he just goes to this one specific spot and he finds a hole. And as soon as he finds a hole, what does he do? He just sticks his hand right in there. He don't even care. He's not scared of nothing. A hole in the middle of the desert. It could be anything in there. Mm-hmm. He just sticks his whole arm in there up to his up to his neck. Mm-hmm. And he pulls out a rattlesnake. Right. And the boy in Santiago, he's just like, what the heck? Like, he's not afraid of getting bit because a rattlesnake out here mm-hmm. could bite you? You're dead. You know? But he, he also thought, like, this is this is the alchemist. Like, this is not no average Joe. Right. This guy is this guy's amazing. So he he probably is accustomed to this. He and even if he get bit, he must he must have had some type of immunity. <laughs> what I really think that that moment represented, I feel like we kind of was going back and forth over it, but I think that was the moment that the alchemist was really like, you know what, I'm gonna help you get to the pyramids because you know when yeah. she was able to find life, your omen came through. True. I'm really going to guide you. And he took this time. When he said that to Santiago, Santiago still kind of was like, no, I want to go back. I want to go back to the Oasis. But this time gave the alchemist uh, the opportunity to say, you know what? If you go back to the Oasis, this is what happened. And the alchemist pretty much told him his fourth future. And I don't think Santiago liked that feature. <laughs> right. I will... I'll put this, I'll just backtrack just a little bit before that. You know, I feel like this is important. It's, I don't understand it fully, but once the alchemist grabbed the snake, we should mm-hmm. talk about when he grabbed the snake. You know, he put the snake in the sand and he drew a circle around the snake. Mm-hmm. And he's like, why would you, why do you do that? Because, and his response to that was, because the pyramids is surrounded by sand, by desert. And I don't know what he meant by that really. Because it was strange. He he put the snake there and he drew a circle and the snake didn't move from the circle. So you're like, so, how could it a, a, a circle on a stand keep a snake bound? Right. And he also said that I'm also out here too on my own personal legend. The alchemist told Santiago that. So mm-hmm. it's like they were helping each other in a way. And this is like it's a mutual thing. Like a lot of times. Talk about it. Yeah, a lot of times people like preach. Yeah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to get the word out. You keep saying something. So, with uh, Santiago and the Englishman, they helped each other out because they're both seeking their personal legends and they kind of needed each other. It's like the universe brought them together so they can help each other accomplish their personal legend. So same thing with the alchemist. He knew that this boy would help him to accomplish whatever it is he's looking for. He didn't just go out there on his own free will just because he's a good guy of the spirit. I'm gonna help this young boy. Right, right. There he has his own his own agenda. Yeah. It was a mutual thing. So whatever the alchemist was trying to figure out, he also had achieved that too by setting out with Santiago. I guess it goes to show you no matter how I guess high up you get and accomplishing your purposes you still need people you still need to you know connect to help get further yeah so we still need each other no matter where we are on our journeys yes i will say i think that just back to the snake i think the snake kind of represents like a transformation in a sense you know for them um i I don't really like you said i don't really know what that means the snake in the circle i don't really know but i just would say 
snake is transformation because snakes can shed their skin. And that's like brand new. Anytime you can shed something, whether it's what you, your old thoughts, you know, mm-hmm. your old life. So anytime you get transformed like that, I think that's a form of like growth. So, I mean, it's kind of like at this point where like they really set out on the pyramids because Santiago still was thinking about going back to the Oasis. So. Yep. And that's when you say that he started giving the rundown. like On what his future can be? Yeah, it's like, for some reason, like the, the alchemist almost had Machelzadek like powers, you know? Right. Because he could see into the future. I got a question though. What? Do you think we live our lives based on the future? Like, do you think? Do we live our lives based on what something could be? Yeah. And if we we don't live our lives, but sometimes I feel like we might make decisions based on what something could be. And I guess if you make a lot of decisions, that is how you live your life, so. I mean, (laughs) if you want to live your life based on what you want to be, I think that's, that's a thing. Okay, because I'm just thinking about how when, um, you know, they was talking about the seers and, you know, reading into the future or people who didn't want to read in the future. You know, I just, it just makes me think like how important the present and the moment is because for real, for the only way to change our future is to change our present. So, and this is just a real life application that I drew from the book. You know, if I want to better my future, I just think that you should better your present. And every day counts every moment counts so mm-hmm. just like on a real life application whatever you do more consistently of and that you'll have you'll attract more of those opportunities you'll literally become a magnet for it so like how santiago is a, is a magnet for his this the, the what you uh talking about before i feel like ali said something muhammad ali said something similar to what i'm about to say I mean, it may not be quote for quote, but he said it in a sense like, I was saying I would, I said I was great before I really knew I was, you know? So if you want to be something, you have to believe you already are it before mm. you become it. That's powerful. Yeah, I think that's actually a good, just habit for life. So, right, the, the alchemist, he gives um, Santiago a rundown because he's really thinking about staying with Fatima. Right. You know, he's thinking about throwing everything away. Mm-hmm. So he gives the rundown, like, you know, one year, two year, three year, four year. Four year. Four no, year prediction. I think the second year is really when you said it's all start really setting in. Like, you don't really think about it, about it as far as you could have accomplished your dreams. And Fatima knows he's going to start thinking she was the reason why. Resenting her. She's going to resent herself because you didn't go out and accomplish your goals when she knows, like, that's what you really want to do. Yeah. And I think it leads up to the fourth year where pretty much you don't lose these omens. He's not going to be able to uh, decipher it. He's not going to have that. Right. Everything he's obtained, like you, you will be rich. You will be wealthy. You will be you'll be set for life pretty much, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but you'll lose everything that's gotten you to this point. What kind of really makes you happy? Right. You know, and it kind of makes me think like we talked about this before. Do you choose who you love or do you choose your dream? And if you... And if you really love this person, you'll go for your dream because who you love is a part of your dream. Mm-hmm. So the dream encompasses who you love, but who you love sometimes don't always encompass the dream. And also, I just think it's important. I thought that was kind of cool how he gave him a four year prediction. It makes me think like sometimes transitions happen in four. Like, I know we talked about this on just on a personal level, like high yeah. school is four years, college before four years. 
It's a possibility. Or it could be a coincidence. Four four cardinal directions. Like, I don't know. I just feel like four is important. Right. There's there's northwest, southeast. There's Mm -hmm. four directions. You know? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a possibility. Like, why didn't he just give him a one-year prediction? Like, why did it have to be in four? Why not five? Like, you got five fingers. So, I just think four is... A, a kind of a cool Symbolic number. in a way. In yeah, the, in I think, this sense. Yeah, I think it is. And I think some, it made me think like, can we measure certain parts in our life? Like, can we see some like maybe from 21 to 25? Do you like notice a transformation? Made me reflect kind of mm-hmm. like that on my personal journey. Like, did I see something grouped in that number? Not saying everybody's is like that or even mine's is, but. It's very interesting. Does life work like that? Yeah. Right. So we almost pretty much wrapped up this this series right um, this I mean, part four series pretty it, much. it is after that point that he does say Biden and Fatima you know that's that's when he hears that from the alchemist you know what my bad I didn't mean to just end, the, end it like that I know it's okay you know, <laughs> this, this this uh podcast is a bit more lengthier we have covered more material we did more pages than the other three yeah previous and I was trying to rush but it kind of didn't feel natural to end it like that yeah, so but so let's a- just afterwards, going. yeah. Let's I mean, just let's, keep going. let's just we gotta speak we gotta speak the truth. Yeah. We're the dad collectors. We gotta speak about the information that we collected. Right, and we're we we weren't done, even though the time is extending, but okay. But we're almost done. Um just a few more points before we finish. You know, if it, he did talk to Fatima mm-hmm. and this is when she gives him the reassurance, like, I'm gonna always be here. You know, right. This is when she this is the type of woman that you need in your life, like I am a woman of the desert and she comes, she, she sees other women waiting for their men to come. You know, she never had that longing because she was just living her life. But now she has a reason. It's kind of a blessing and a curse because now mm-hmm. she's like, now I will wait for you forever till you come back. Right, she has a reason to keep living, but now she can see him and everything because if he doesn't come back, she assumed that he died. And if, and, and basically the way they believe it, like if you die, you become a part of the trees. You she's become- accepting him. Yeah, she's accepting that he wants to go follow his dream. But what the point I was trying to bring out that is that she's she's accepted the fact that yeah, he wants to go follow it. But if he doesn't come back, that's okay because she's a part of his dream and she knows that his dream is a part of like the universe. I don't think you understood what I said. What I meant by that, I um, meant as accepting him as in her life. Like so, this is her man now. Mm-hmm. So if he never comes back, like she probably won't ever find somebody else. Oh, you feel like they have to stay solidified their relationship? Yeah, so because if she used to come back and see with somebody else, she would go against with everything that she said. Oh, even I was, if it's okay. five or ten years later. All right, that's one point. She's accepted him. They've solidified a relationship. They're going to be together in the yeah. future. And I think she accepted the fact that he has to leave. He's he's going to follow his dream. Mm-hmm. And and the point I was also trying to bring out is that if he doesn't come back, she still feels connected with him because he's part of. Or she feels like when she feels the breeze she'll feel him because they kind of have similar mindsets as him as an englishman did you yeah know, just understanding the universe right they yeah they kind of like are connected on a deeper level like where she can smile and he can fall in love and yeah. he doesn't need to know anything about her but knows that he wants to make her his wife what his parents taught him see his parents taught him that but huh his parents said that like you gotta really know somebody before you get to love them but he's gone to a different type of perspective so he, he adapted what they taught him about Melchizedek, but he's not going to apply that to this because he feels like he has a deeper understanding. Yeah, he feels like it, nothing mattered before. They have a him, the Englishman, Fatima, and the alchemist all know how to speak the universal language. Yes. And she could just look at him and boom. 
that's it. They feel that intimate connection. I agree. Okay, so let's go over some main points that stuck out to us. Yeah. That and we want to keep and tell our children. <laughs> <laughs> right, we want to tell our future this. Um, I say the first one was the best way to learn is through action. Mm. You know, uh, I guess you could think about the Englishman in this sense, because he, he always wanted to read everything, but you can read about something and it's not going to be the same as experiencing it. No matter how much, how many times you read something, actually being there and living through something, it doesn't give you that same, that same lesson. Right. The best way to learn is through action. I will also say another point is balance, balance is leadership. And we came up with that one together. Okay. Right. Then with the chieftains in the tent. <laughs> right. Additionally, we can't understand by reason alone. Never regret, oh, excuse me, never reject the simple things. Right, because I think the alchemists talked to Santiago about that. You know, and the Englishman, it's, it's funny. The Englishman and Santiago talked to Santiago about that because the Englishman felt like if something was too simple and anybody learned it, it wasn't worth knowing. That's true. But the alchemist said something different. Because the Emerald Tablets, they said the, the masterwork, the how did they learn how to transform and to go was on the Emerald Tablets. He like, the Emerald Tablets this big, how they write everything? It's simple. Yeah. So. So never reject the simple things. Never reject the simple things. Yeah. You might accomplish your masterwork. <laughs> what else you got for me? Love and courage is a universal language. Preach. <laughs> so, you know, it took love to understand the language. It took Hold love on. to understand. Baby, stop doing that. Anyway. Stop doing what, honey? Stop being silly. <laughs> <laughs> it took love for to understand how to speak to, to the universe. And you got to be courageous once you start speaking to it. Right. You got to be able to hold your ground. Yeah, it comes with a price. Can't just speak this language and expect no one to challenge you or, or anything. You got to be ready. Don't back down when you know what you know and feel what you feel. Yeah. Also, what else you got? You got to understand from also love and courage, fear can hold you back. And yourself. Ain't, ain't that what I just said? Fear can hold you back. <laughs> it's okay. I've had my moments too. Wait. Oh, well. Fear can hold you back and yourself. Well, <laughs> you the same thing. Okay. With yourself. That's a very, all right. Come on now. All right. All right. All right. So that was some pretty good points. I also have a quote. Oh, wait. Do you have any more points that you want to bring out? Oh, just be cute. Well, okay. The last point. What's your last point, baby? My last point. My, my, my one more last point. Yeah, one more last point. <laughs> I guess um, listen to your heart. You know, if the universal language is love, mm. I feel like it can only come from the heart. Right, right. You know, from what you truly feel. And if you speak love, and we know love is ancient, 
that's just something that it can't be explained. It can't be written down, described. It, not really. even if we know it's ancient, don't, right? You said don't need no explanation. Right. That means. Did that mean? Well, I'm sorry. Did right. that means your heart knows all things? That helps you get even more immersed with the world. So mm -hmm. that's why you should always listen to it because it knows everything. Yeah. <laughs> it knows when when danger's around. It knows when true love is around. It knows. It knows. It just knows. That was some good points. Yeah. So where can they follow us at? Where can they subscribe to us at? You can subscribe to us at Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube. That's right. Check out our newest shows, us working out, us cooking, us traveling, all that. And stay tuned for next week's finale of the Alchemist series. See you there. And we'll find out if Santiago reaches the pyramids. Ooh. I'm going to cut that out. I was trying to make a, <laughs> a Halloween sound. But all right, see you next week. And thanks for joining us. Peace.